Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, today, we are super excited. We have Devin Hurt, who is the co-founder and CEO of Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the world's first sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of your favorite athletes. Devin, thanks for joining. How are you doing? Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me here. I'm doing good. It's Friday afternoon, so like we're, the weekend's in sight, so we're all right there. <laughs> a big thing. When, when you can see the weekend, it just you, you feel so much better, right? You like start making plans, start thinking about right. what game you're on. We got <laughs> oh yeah, Saturday. It should be big good. sports weekend. NFL both days. UFC Saturday. It's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it should. Uh, with that, with you kind of creating a sports platform, well, let's start there. Let's kind of start with with what is Prediction Strike. Can you kind of walk us through? Uh, yeah, what is your platform? And to be honest, also. Uh, how you came to create it. Yeah. I mean, uh, even starting with how we came to create it might be the the better uh, start to the story because it'll start to make sense. So myself and my best friend, we're the co-founders, been best friends since really since high school, known each other since elementary school, grew up around the corner, one of those deals. The way we started Prediction Strike was just a conversation. We're talking about the real stock market and he was complaining about losing some money in some company. And it happened to be NBA playoffs. It was like May of that year. Okay. okay. And LeBron was doing NBA playoff LeBron things. <laughs> and so yeah. he's like, I'm playing about this company. He goes, I just wish I could put my money in LeBron. We're like, hold up. Well, what if you could? So we we created this platform because we wanted we want something for fans like us. Like, mm-hmm. what if instead of investing in companies, or maybe in addition to investing in companies, mm-hmm. you could invest in stocks? Or you can invest in athletes. How awesome would that be? That's uh, I like that. Yeah, it's super cool, and it's an interesting concept, especially because of now, right now, athletes are bigger than ever, right? And they're their own brand. The social aspect of it. Um, How does that kind of work? Is there is there a I guess kind of two questions there. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there that use Robinhood, right? So fractional shares, things like that. Um, are you able to kind of buy percentages or fractional aspects of a player's value? And then how does the value kind of move up and down within, uh, within your platform? Yes. So you can buy fractional shares of players um, or whole shares, kind of whatever you want. And the share value moves in two ways. One is going to be based on how the athletes actually performing in games. So are they actually balling out? The other is, are other users buying and selling shares to that athlete? So if you're a more popular athlete, there will be benefits to that. If you're less popular, uh, there won't, <laughs> unfortunately. And, and But that's that's we wanted to mirror both the real stock market, also the real world perception of that. Because if you look at an athlete, you have some athletes who are really good, but maybe not loved. You have some who are loved, but maybe not really good. And so if you put your GM, like your GM hat on for a second, you're trying to fill seats, you know, you can fill seats because you have all these fan favorites or you can fill seats because the team is just good. Like it, you know, it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. Like take right now, right. Jokic was the MVP last year is probably the front runner this year, but he doesn't get the same love that, Steph or KD or LeBron do when you talk about that conversation. So you're saying like, like if Stephen A. Smith does a rant and he does a rant about Steve, about, about Steph Curry, right? Uh, if you're watching the video right now, Devin's got an amazing kind of Steph painting behind him. Like if, if that happens, does, is that mean Stephen A is going to be able to, I don't want to 
you know, get too in the weeds, but like, is, is Steph's value kind of going to rise there because he's being talked about in NBA in MVP conversations where Jokic is not. Definitely. Definitely. We see, I mean, we see that a lot that things follow the media uh, broadly. So when all of a sudden, um, what's a good example? Like someone gets hurt. That, that's a pretty extreme media example, but it makes the point easy, right? Cam Akers got hurt last year mm-hmm. uh, in, in preseason. Uh, came back this last week, which was also crazy, but another story. Yeah. Uh, Darrell Henderson, who's his backup, obviously gets shot to the forefront of media because it's like Cam Akers is hurt. He was playing so well last year. Who's next? Now his stock went up like 10 times. And it's because everyone's buying. Everyone's like trying to get a piece of the action to see what this guy's going to do. Or another example is guys get traded. They they start people start talking about them in the media, talking about you know how they're going to do. Um, guys with off field incidents. Um, you know, if you're an NFL player and you're taking your shirt off and running off the field, you know that might negatively affect your stock price. I'm I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of that. Uh, and that's been that's been fun for us. I think that should make your stock shoot to the roof. Be true, that's just me though. If, if you're out that, there just running around like Rod Tillman a little bit, going <laughs> go, going wild off the field, stock should be booming. Boom. Right? Honestly, <laughs> if, if his stock had gone up, I would have been down. I would <laughs> like if that's what the fans believe. Like this yeah. is what a baller does. Like then yeah. that's what a baller does, man. So so let me let me ask because I I got a lot of questions and if they're they're good questions because it's if my if my light bulb in my head wants to get real inquisitive about this kind of dive into the nitty gritty as we can or as best as possible um for the for the listener and then for myself i, I just think that, that that would be super helpful because i think what you have is a really cool concept um like i just said i just got a, a couple of things that i've been trying to figure out so let's take it from the very beginning let's roll this back to the biggest player to come in say to the nba that had the most buzz let's start with zion williamson I don't know if you have this term in your in your lexicon for your for your company yet, but if not, I won't take a cut of this. But if you want to throw some at me, do you have a PIO? And that is the player initial offering. So say with Zion and the height that he comes in, what what where's the barometer there? Let's say for like to shares to start off with. So can can I come in pre pre uh, prior to his initial say, you know, because you can't do it as he's in college. So once he's drafted and he's open on the market, can I come in prior so that I can hopefully get in before the price growth goes up? And then is there an infinite amount of shares? How do you, what, where do you cap it and, um, or structure the amount of shares per player before they, you know, take off? Sure. A so, lot there. So I, if you want no, me to go no. back again, I, I, I'll do it. But that, that yeah, I'm excited valid, about this. Valid questions. So the Zion example, slightly interesting um, because Zion's draft year, we did things a little bit differently. Yeah. I'll explain to you how we were doing it and why we changed it. Yeah. Okay. So Zion's draft year, we IPO'd all rookies at $1 a share. Mm. Our basic thinking was, look, um, so the, the higher tier players are at that point, they were like 10-ish to $12. Mm. said, so look, okay. you're a rookie. You haven't done anything yet. You're a dollar. Yeah. Of course, Zion was the most hype pick that I remember since LeBron. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, um, but but they were all a dollar. And the reason we and then now rookies come in and there's there's a scale based on how they're projected to perform. And the reason we did that is, well, users were just saying they didn't like it. <laughs> People were just like, this doesn't make too much sense. Uh, they felt that some rookies were already more valuable than others, right? Mm-hmm. which I guess fair. Mm-hmm. Um but so let's let's just stick with the one dollar example so we don't get too crazy. Say yeah, Zion yeah. had, had IPO'd at a dollar, people were getting him right away. 
before his first game. Like, I think the day – so, wait, oh, Zion actually, he came – he didn't play at first. He, he, yeah. Correct. Came in the league injured, injured just injured. like he is right now. Just like he always is. Man, no disrespect, paid. Zion. <laughs> but but this man has probably gotten paid a million dollars per game play at this point. <laughs> but he came in injured. Some people bought his shares. A lot of people didn't because of that reason, actually, because he was injured. Mm-hmm. wasn't going to move too much. You know, people were waiting to see. Mm-hmm. The day bef- the day of his game, that uh, at that point was the single most transaction volume we had seen in prediction strike history to that point. Wow. His shares were up like almost 10%, you know, between say 9 a.m. or whenever I looked in the morning to game to tip off time. Wow. So that's how people were kind of uh, were kind of treating Zion. Uh, we see a lot of that now. Uh, with more rookies, especially we have just have more users, but mm-hmm. there is that energy around. Let me get in first. Mm-hmm. Let me. I know they're gonna kill it. Mm-hmm. So why not? Why not buy the stock earlier? Yeah. And to your point too, I wonder. Let's use a player. Uh, John Morant's a great example, right? Where he was what the thirteenth pick, and so now if his is that right? Maybe seventh. Something. I think it was high. I thought high. it was. Was he two? I thought it was higher. Yeah, I thought he went like two or three. Did he go two? Yeah. Something like I think that. He it went was... two and RJ went three that year. Yeah, Jaw was, was high. Quick Googling. He was number two. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. But like someone like that. It was right? do you take Jaw or do you take Zion? And it was yeah. you take. Well, yeah, even even Steph, right? Steph was seventh. Yeah. Um after Johnny Flynn, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh you have Tom or Tom Brady's a good example. 199th yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's super cool. I mean, it's one of those things to your point. I mean, now if, if you're able to do it on a sliding scale, obviously you feel like with every, going back to your, your to making it more like the stock market, obviously everyone's been investing in different things this year, you know, AMC, Doge, things like that, right? Looking for ways in which they can like, you know, maximize their money or come up a little bit. So now if you're able to find an athlete that maybe is farther down in the draft, you can maybe invest a little bit more in them, hoping that they're valuation or that they're going to turn into this kind of all-star player, right? Donovan Mitchell might be a good example of that, right? Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is, right? There's a lot of value in those players that people just don't know are good yet. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so interesting. Like, I mean, how many number one draft picks have really, really panned mm-hmm. out? Like, I feel like basketball is even better than football. Football is a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, remember that draft class of Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Vince Young? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And none of those guys really like Reggie Bush stuck around for a while, but he wasn't like Reggie Bush in college. If you had told me he was going to be the greatest running back ever, I would be like, oh, obviously. Yeah. Right. And then didn't do too much of anything. Yeah. 10 right. years ahead of his time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's what, and, but that's where a lot of value is. Cause it, it is, it's objectively hard to just know who's going to be good. Yeah. So, so, so for I'm just going to recap for my list for for the listeners. So you're like, this is bit, either if it's over your head, sorry, we, we, I'm gonna package it. it. Is the stock exchange for players, people? Then when you so if you're you're out here, you're watching your your NFL, your NBA, um, your, your third partnership with MLB, correct? Um, uh, third was UFC. UFC. MLB UFC. will be coming oh. next. And so and so you, as you're watching your games and you're following your favorite athletes, taking that stock approach and buying shares of your player that you know uh 
that's like you guys said, under the radar, and you think that they're going to end up uh, popping off in the league and, and then continue to, to have their stock rise. This is what we were talking about here with Prediction Strike. And I think this is a, a, a cool concept and that you've brought it into reality, especially from talking with your with your co-founder and friend. Um, so how do you differ from the aspect that people look at from from the fantasy sports uh, type aspect? So or in fantasy sports gaming. So where how do you guys do? you know, differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself, sorry, from, I guess, that whole notion and, and umbrella that that might be there. Yeah, we see it as in many ways supplementary to fantasy okay. because it's kind of the same thinking in many ways, right? If I'm mm-hmm. drafting a player to my fantasy team, I think they're going to have a good year or a good something of value to my team, right? right. Whereas mm-hmm. on Prediction Strike, you know, you don't have to have that same – Quite long-term thinking. Right. But it's like, I think they're going to have, I, the same way you would buy stock, I think they're going to have a good week, a good 10 years, a good five years. So mm-hmm. it is that thinking of how are they going to perform for me long-term. Mm-hmm. But a, a cool thing about Prediction Strike is you can buy shares of most athletes. Whereas on Fantasy, how many times did the guy right ahead of you draft the guy that you were looking at? Right. Happens every year because it's just right. one. Right. On Prediction Strike, there's tens of thousands of shares of each player. Mm-hmm. Which no, that's, so much better. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. so so much better. <laughs> you when you have the second pick in fantasy and you're like, you know, dang, I wanted Alvin Kamara, and the next thing you know, boom, he's gone. You still have the opportunity to continue to continue to invest. Um, exactly. So hopefully, buy low, sell high, get you uh, a, a little bit of profit. Yeah, and very different than the kind of fantasy or, or the daily kind of wagers, right? The fan duels, yes. all the Caesar sports books. I was, just, I just, before we jumped on live, right. I was talking about coming back from Vegas, like the bet MGM, yep. all of that. Right. So you're different than that too. Do you want to kind of talk through that? Like just how you all are a little different than an actual bet. I mean, you're betting essentially because it's the stock market, but it, to your point, it's more of like a long-term play than you trying to like, you know, look at a spread or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. It's about the long-term play. And it's about it's about all the long term play and also the user's influence on that. So if you're buying a buying a if you're or I guess placing a bet, it's like this finite event is going to happen or not. It's all or nothing. Whereas on prediction strike, it's like you can be rewarded for gains over time. So they're having a great month. Maybe their stocks up thirty percent this month. Mm-hmm. So now you've just you've made those incremental gains, and it was never all or nothing, which is also which something I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah. I, I like I don't I don't bet just because I'm like I'm gonna lose so you know I <laughs> create a platform, win, right <laughs> house always wins mm-hmm. so creating a platform where it's not all or nothing has been great uh, and also just the effect users have if you go to a casino and everybody's betting on Black Thirteen like the casinos just gonna one look at you crazy but also like it's probably not gonna hit and they're just gonna take everyone's money. Whereas if everyone wants to buy shares of, of Zion or, or Trey Young, right, or Trey Young, that's going to send his share price up. And you, as a member of that community, are a part of that win. Right. So this might get into a little bit of the nitty gritty, and this is more, you know, in your in your lane um, as you are on the computer engineering side um, coming out of college. And 
how was it painstaking to develop the algorithm that you guys have to be able to, you know, increase and decrease, you know, a share price or or, or what the metric is going to run off of? Was it hard to come up with that concept? And then um, is that something that is, uh, you know, an AI or ML type of type of design? What, what, what all came came about with that? Um, it, you know, the, there have been multiple iterations of this formula. Let's start there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so Brad and I came up with the first one just basically in Excel. And oh, okay. that was just a lot of trial and error and trying to see like how – because the whole thing is as sports fans ourselves, we're like, we want to get the feel right now. Right. Like if you if we want you to be able to look at it and be like, oh, that, that makes sense. I see why this is happening. And so that's that's what we were focused on there. And so that, that's what we did. But there have been multiple iterations on this formula. And it's based upon a bunch of different factors. And mm-hmm. just things have changed. Even COVID has changed things. Like, like people are – like so who got pulled out of the game at halftime? I forgot when that happened. That was like some some player, they tested him before the game. I guess it, they didn't get his oh. results back. And he got uh, yanked at like halftime. In a, NFL, NFL. It was the NFL, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, I'm, you know, it just changed how we look at value. And, and, and things like that, or like, how do you value someone like Kyrie? Mm-hmm. Absolute right. baller. But, you know, reliability and availability is a great attribute. <laughs> and, yeah, right. you know, or, or similar, same thing for, for Zion, like we were saying earlier. Like, right. you know, and so the formula has evolved a lot. But the biggest thing for us has been being reactive and proactive to, right. to, to what feels right as a fan. Yeah. What has been some of those challenges uh, being, uh, you know, know, running kind of a company right now, uh, going through COVID? Like, what's that been like for you as you've tried to, to your point, right, optimize some of these different challenges we've had? People, you don't know when someone's going to be in or out of the game. Um, It's it's changed the way that we obviously look at sports. How has it been for you uh, trying to navigate the landscape of, of obviously building and growing your company? I mean, it's been it's been tough, but it's been just super. I mean, it's been tough, but fun. Like mm-hmm. for us, we, we're facing the same challenges that everybody in sports is facing, as well as just sports fans. Right. What are like are, are these games even happening? If they're happening, what are they like? You know, and it's I think it's what it has forced us to do is plan ahead, plan a lot of contingencies, but also we have to be super reactive. And like something will happen like tonight, and then it's like, all right, how do we want to address this tonight? Like, like if like you know, what if someone gets yanked off the court in the middle of the game because they have COVID? Then they're like, oh, actually, that was someone else's test. Like, you know, just weird life stuff happens right. that we have to be prepared for and, and move quickly on. So it's forced us as a team to just just stay moving, just stay moving. That's been the biggest thing. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that. You guys are you take the feedback from your users. Uh, do you guys see that you know forever kind of rolling, or is it kind of as you and you're you know you, you've you've got time in now and it's still early in the app uh, development on, on your platform? How does that user interaction and feedback um, you know work for you right now, and is that a, a long term strategy? Yeah, it, I mean it works great, and it, it is a long term strategy to take user feedback. I mean, if you're building a platform, you, you kind of should at least um mm-hmm. so we we continue to take user feedback and it, it comes to us in different ways it's a lot of um a lot of people will email us of course we have an email inbox 
they message us on Twitter. They message us on Instagram. Uh, we have a Discord that that's real popping. So people come at us kind of from all different angles. Okay. But it's about just trying to, of course, centralize that and right. get it to the appropriate product people. Yeah. Um, but, but we try our best to just get back to everyone. And at least, I mean, listen, like there's a reason probably they came up with that idea. So yeah. it's at least worth considering and seeing like, does it make sense? Does it make sense for other users? Do other users even want that? Like, okay. I mean, you, you know, it's hard to get a consensus for people. Right. So there's always a question of do other people, you know, something that is good for you is not great for everyone. Right. Is the whole thing. So with, on that feedback, sorry, I'll, I'll let you get the next one. I, I just thought about it. But uh, say you got, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity and how the world of virality goes right now. Next thing you know, as you guys continue to pop off, you got, uh, and so let's, I'll keep, we'll stay on track with the King. King James sends a tweet out and be like, hold up. Someone's out here selling shares of me. No one's, no one's selling shares of the King. I'm the King. So I need, I need you know, to see, see something. I need to either learn more about this or do I need to send a cease and desist? So what, 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 what are you guys, how are you guys, um, you know, looking for that? If, if, a, if a pro athlete comes out and says, you know, like, oh, well, they're selling shares of me and I didn't, you know, come into an agreement or terms with you guys. What, what's, what's all behind that or, or uh, to avoid any of, uh, I don't know that type of marketing uh, pub to come out. Yeah, I mean to that to that point, there you know athletes did have some disagreements. We'll call them with DraftKings yeah. and FanDuel back in the day, right? Whether, whether this type of thing could happen, right? And the courts ultimately said that yeah, it, it can. You can use oh, as precedent in set. Their way. Yeah, uh, but what we do that is different is we offer athletes a part of their market cap because we kind of said, look, we don't have to give it to you. But we want to. We want you to be able to to uh, to share in our success. Really, like, yeah. like another like. Imagine if that that was flipped and LeBron's like, "Yo, just buy my shares." Like, I'm the king. Buy yeah. my shares. Don't you want shares of the king? That'd be miles better than trying to fight with athletes and argue with them. Even like, like I said, they're not necessarily entitled to it. But it's like, it's a do the right thing kind of moment. Yeah. No, that is for one. That's 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 an amazing strategy you have because that's the perfect way to play that. Um, yeah, come buy come buy shares with me, and then and then partnering with the athlete too, and being like, here's the amount, a lot of shares. You, you know, you can pump these out however you want to your fans and the masses, and then that just for one helps out both both uh, both parties. That's yeah, that's, that's, a, that's amazing, man. Awesome. I knew I knew had a good vibe. I had good vibes about you <laughs> when the minute you jumped on. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, no, my, I mean, my only other one, as far as the platform goes, is just like, obviously, crypto is kind of like taking over right now, right? From a Bitcoin perspective, everything that's going and being powered off of the Ethereum and blockchain. Um, do you see yourself and your platform moving into that at some point from uh, an investing perspective, but also just doing more things, um, you know, through kind of like the blockchain? through new blockchain technology or are you kind of sticking right now to being able to invest just with like us dollars for right now we're focused on us dollars just because we're a new company and we want to nail that market and make sure we do the right thing um but look we're keeping a strong eye on crypto and blockchain and there's just some open questions to be answered about that because like for example um nfts that has come up a lot so an nft is meant to be each one's distinct whereas stocks are meant to be not distinct. So if you, as if you, if I have shares of Apple, that's the same as your shares of Apple. 
right. whereas it's not true for NFTs. So there's a lot of thinking around that. So we we've, we spend a lot of time just at least monitoring the situation. But for now, let's just we need to get this right at least. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Uh, well, no, walk us through. I, I didn't do it, and I kind of wanted to a little bit. Walk us through a little bit. You went to a small school uh, in Boston there. That's a joke. or supposed to be a joke. Um, and then, you know, you worked at the NBA. You worked at Microsoft. Like, kind of give us just your, a little bit of your background and, and kind of what's led you to, to being able to be a founder here. Um, you know, I had worked on a few startups. So I went out when I was in school in Boston, when I was at Harvard, worked on a few startups, they went nowhere. Um, uh, and you know, it, it was a learning experience. It was something I was like, this is cool. Be cool to have my own company, see what happens. Once again, didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was planning to get a real job. Like I was going to work at Nike and I did do that for two years and it, it went well. Nike was a great company, but we found this thing that we we're passionate about as I was going to work at Nike and they had just started doing well. It was like, not only do I love doing this, mm-hmm. but other people, our users love it because that, that's the whole thing, right? right. It's always two sided when you have an idea for a company. Does it, do you like doing it? Which I hope so if you're putting time and energy into it. And yeah. then does someone else, because Someone has to use the product. Someone has to generate revenue. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it was a lot of it was figuring that out. And, and, um, you know, I think you, a lot of people do fall into entrepreneurship. You also can just say, you know, get up and say, look, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to work for anybody. Um, and, you know, wh- whether one of those approaches are better or worse, that's, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But yeah. I think it is just, you always have to be smart about it. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, it feels like, you know, you obviously have the technical background, the sports, um, the sports passion. So I think for you, it's, it's a perfect blend, right, to be able to kind of go after uh, what you're putting together here, which is really cool um, here at Prediction Strike. Yeah. Do you you don't have to give away the game, but, you know, where because where do you where do you see, you know, Prediction Strike going? And are you trying to stay kind of as a private entity as you as you continue to grow or would you like to have that partnership, um, you know, with the you know, say the fan duels or the, or the, the bigger uh, gambling sites of the world. Um, if you don't want to drop the game, I know you, I know you guys have your, your, your things that you have in the works. And if it's, if it's cool, if you don't want to, uh, but just curious to see, you know, the direction that you guys want to end up going with. You know, we're, we're open to anything at this mm-hmm. point uh, is the, is the short answer to it. We're too young of a company to really be like, nah, that's not going to work. We can't do that. Uh we have to look at it as, as everything's an opportunity. Right. And those companies are huge and we have a tremendous amount of respect for what they've built and they have access to millions of users that we don't. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot to either learn from them or learn from a partnership with them. So, you know, we're continuing to explore that and, and, and we will, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I think what's important for us is making sure that we, we stay prediction strike. We stay, right. you know, that we built what we built and we don't just, you know, we don't create now, okay, we're working with FanDuel. So now we're creating straight up bets, right? Because that's what FanDuel does. So it's, you know, it's about making sure we, we continue to do us this whole way through. 
Yeah. And I think you guys have a lot of stuff figured out um, early on, which is really good, especially because, you know, like my question of, you know, what does an athlete do if an athlete comes out saying, you know, I would like to either do this or that or, or not do this. And then also, you know, the behind the scenes metrics and algorithms that you guys have. So holding true to what your formula is, is I think is going to be a, a great path of success for you guys, because, I mean, you look at the market for what's out there for an interactive um, and intuitive, you know, gambling platform not in or more so uh, I'll, you know, fun monetary platform i'll put it i like to put it i'll put there it there we go there we go <laughs> um you guys are, are are very early innovators in probably one and i think the only one that i've seen uh with the idea and structure that you guys have so carving out your own niche uh is is really big is a really big play that you guys have in your back pocket so um i i for one think you guys have uh you know the the sky's the limit for what you can accomplish and it's a it's a it's a really good really good platform that started out so far thank you thank you so much look we love doing it uh we also feel like this is just the beginning so yeah. we're gonna you know we're gonna see what happens and just and just keep going from here how um how are you looking to you know continue to carve out your team so like as you know you know going to uh going to a very prestigious school like you did and then obviously continuing to run into these uh you know, it's from, like you said, from Nike. And then also you've been at, you know, from Microsoft and the IT tech and the IT world. My brother and I are in the IT world as well. When you walk into rooms being the, you know, one of the only, you know, people of color, especially being a co-founder and CEO for yourself, where, where are you kind of trying to strip script your company to kind of shape from a diversity standpoint? And then also, were there any kind of struggles um, that you've kind of had to, you know, hurdles, you know, to get to get over as well to continue to make the company flourish the way it has? Yeah. Um, I mean, on, on the first step, just the point about diversity, that's, of course, just so important to us. Like, uh, yeah, I, I've, of course, been on the other side of that, of like trying to be one of the diverse people trying to get into our room. Yeah. So it, that, that's something that we feel very strongly about and something that now, especially as we're as we're starting to grow and really build like a true team, a true company, a true company culture, just just have to make sure we do that right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we saw. Lately, a lot of companies got to a point where it was already bad. Then they were like, we're going to fix this this week. And like, yeah. it, it's not going to go down like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need to, to, to start that from the beginning. Um, so that, I mean, that's just first and foremost. I think in terms of my own specific challenges, I mean, there, I've had plenty of them, you know, yeah. and I think it's, and that's, I think something that comes with, with being a person of color is that you have challenges every step of the way. Right. Whether you even you realize them or not. Right. Um, and some of them are more, of course, more obvious. And like, you know, people say certain things. Some of them are just like statistically, I think it was like less than one percent of all venture capital investments went to black founders last year. Yeah. And like it was something like 90 percent of that money went to like one company. Mm. And that was Calendly. And like the guy's Calendly. He's doing a great job. And it's like mm -hmm. you, you strip that company out and it's like. So few investments went went to people who look like us. Right. So it's like you know that's something super easy to point to. Right. You know how much easier would it have been to raise money, or would it be to raise the next round? And it's something you can't know, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. You can't. You don't have like this magic like button. That's right. like oh, but for you could have done this, or it would have taken you this much less time. Right. So you just got just got to keep it moving. Yeah. And I yeah. think I'm, and I, yeah, you've, you've, you've grinded and continued with where you all are at. Uh, might, I might've probably taken a, a question at Sterling's mouth just now. Where, where are you guys at when it comes to, you know, you know, funding and seed rounds? 
So we raised our seed round back in May. Um, the next round, we're looking to raise our Series A, and we'll be kicking off that process very soon. So really okay. excited about that. Nice. No, it's exciting, man. That's, um, I mean, to your point, I mean, obviously, getting into the room is is always the hardest part, right? And, and Oh, yeah. Well, when you start seeing those statistics, I mean, it's just like, wow, to your point, right? I mean, less than 1% of, and there was more money uh, invested in 2021 that had ever been invested in VC uh, yeah. history, right? So when you when you start thinking through that and seeing how few brown and black companies were invested in, uh, it's, it is it is something that needs to be addressed and hope, hopefully will. So, um, well, tell us how to, uh, how do we get to Prediction Strike? What do we do? And how do, how do those listening kind of go sign up? Uh, as was we'll kind of wrap it up there yeah so if you're listening you can find us of course online predictionstrike.com we're on the app store under prediction strike we have an android app coming in about the next week actually maybe by the time you guys hear this um under prediction strike um also we're active on social media so that's twitter instagram tiktok discord and i think that's all of them we're there under prediction strike pretty much everywhere um pretty easy to find so Look for us, shout us out, email us, whatever it is. If you have questions, be happy to help you out. Nice. Well, Devin, thanks so much. It's uh, amazing to talk to you. I mean, love kind of your story, uh, your background, and obviously what you're trying to do here uh, with Prediction Strike. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool platform. And again, everyone go out to predictionstrike.com and download the app on Apple. And then, like you said, here in a week or so on Android, uh, and really start investing, man. Start, you know, start making some money. Thank you. Thank you. We're there. Um, it's a lot of fun. Look, we'd love to have you. And um, like I said, let us know if you have questions, but we can't can't wait to have you as part of our community. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you coming for coming on the Sports Tech Atlanta podcast.